you're a fan as much yes. as a, a critic, which yes. is very, very clear. I mean, yes. you liked, I think, Cop and a Half. I liked, uh, I liked, liked Mission yeah, Impossible. I liked this year. Congo. Mm -hmm. You're probably too polite to bring that up. <laughs> I think Congo was one of the funniest movies of the last two or three years, and people who didn't know it was a comedy uh, bewilder me. Mm -hmm. uh, I can like trash too. I, I quote uh, Saint Pauline, Pauline Kael. Uh, if we, the movies are so rarely great art, she said, that if we can't appreciate great trash, we have no reason to go. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in once again to the Monster Island Resort, your online radio show that goes bump in the night. My name is Miguel Rodriguez, and I love to discuss horror in history, art, literature, film, and beyond. Today, though, I feel impelled to discuss something a little bit different. Four days ago, I turned 35 years old, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if most of that lifetime has been spent absorbing movies. I come from a family of people who could spend hours watching film after film, and the movies were always what we did together. Even on vacations out of town. Hey, we're in a new state. What's playing at the movies? I have spoken at length about how this was the genesis of my love for horror, because this is a horror podcast specifically, but it really is the genesis of my love for film and storytelling. This week has been a week of tragedy for lovers of those things. We lost Jane Henson, the mother of the Muppets, and widow to Jim Henson. Jess Franco, the surreal visionary and crafter of erotic horror cinema that felt more like dreams than movies. He also departed our dimension earlier this week. I started this podcast by thinking of the work of Jess Franco and how I could pay tribute to his filmography on a podcast episode. The best way to tribute Franco, of course, would be to screen one of his films, and that is something that I am working on to be sure. Franco's filmmaking had a pure sincerity that could only be appreciated through viewership rather than words, and because of that, I was having a lot of trouble thinking of how to effectively tribute him in a podcast episode. Today I was thinking about that, and during those thoughts, Roger Ebert died. I found out about this the same way I seem to find out about a lot of things lately, on Twitter. Simple. R.I.P. Roger Ebert. I was on a lunch hour from my day job, cramming a french fry into my mouth, and when I saw that tweet, my mouth refused to chew. I checked the news sources to confirm what turned out to be true. Roger Ebert finally succumbed to a cancer that he had been fighting for a long, long time. My shock was sincere, as was my sadness. A sadness that truly surprised me. I've been trying to understand that sadness since I heard the news, and I think the secret lies in two places. One, the fact that I was trying to tribute Jess Franco when I got the news. More on that later. And two, the fact that before I tweeted anything or posted my thoughts on the internet, I texted my mother to tell her. You see, I grew up with Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel on the television. My parents would watch them all the time, and I would join them. It got to the point that, when they came on, my mom would call me to the television from wherever I was in the house, I even distinctly, distinctly remember the first time I felt rage at Ebert. 
It was in 1989 on the television, and he criticized Tim Burton's Batman film. Film noir look of the film was very nice, but I didn't care about anything that happened in the movie. I never really found that these characters became uh, people that I could get involved with. I felt that Nicholson, as the Joker, went on way too long. He was on too often. He was doing the same thing over and over. I found the relationship between Bruce Wayne and Vicki Vale didn't work at all, Kim Basinger and Michael Keaton. In fact, when she's in the Batcave and she sees for the first time that Bruce Wayne is in fact Batman, do you remember what her reaction was? Uh, she had no reaction. I think They she left knew. the reaction no. out of the film. They didn't even care that she was surprised. Hey, I was only 11 years old, okay? I was so upset by his lukewarm reception of a film that I loved that I remember voicing my rage in an infantile, I hate him. To which I remember my father responding, someone feeling differently about a movie is not a reason to hate them. If my father ever listens to this podcast, it may shock him to finally discover, nearly 24 years later, that those simple words had a lasting effect on his opinionated little son. I sometimes have to remind myself about those words. And this goes back to what I was saying before about my love of film coming from my exposure to film at a young age. And I mean film of all genres, ages, kinds, and varieties. I mean the time spent talking about the films after watching them, and how I felt about them, and what they meant to me. My mother has recently admitted to me that she has a hard time organizing her own thoughts about films when she watches them. Which is why she turns to a catalyst to help her decide how she feels about the movies. Invariably, that catalyst had the name Roger Ebert. To be frank, this could be quite irritating. We couldn't have a conversation about the movies without my mom interjecting, Ebert said this, or Ebert said that, which would, of course, inevitably lead to me exasperatingly asking her, well, what did you think? Yeah, I can be an asshole sometimes. I'm sorry about that. My own personal experiences with the writing of Roger Ebert have been a jumbled mess, inspiring emotions, ranging from bliss to befuddlement to outrage. The latter two, as with many negative emotions, tend to stick out in my mind. I admit here, probably for the first time ever, that those emotions made me dread reading his reviews. I would always start with the star rating to kind of ease myself into the treaties before me. To let myself know, okay, this is probably going to slam the film, or okay, this is probably going to praise the film. It wasn't that I didn't like reading opinions that differ from mine. I do that all the time, and I actually have fun with it. For some reason, though, when Ebert criticized a film I loved, it made me shiver with rage. Worse would be those times I felt like I had to defend some films to my mother who would invoke the name of Ebert as her argument against me. As you can imagine, these usually had to do with horror or exploitation films. But there is no mistaking the other side of the relationship. Me finding a copy of Roger Ebert's Movie Home Companion and it being the first film criticism rather than movie factoid book that I ever read. I guess that was around middle school, early 90s, 90 or 91. Later, in the early 2000s, I traveled with a bunch of bands on the road, and one of the books I read was I Hated, Hated, Hated This Movie by Roger Ebert. I remember some of my friends and me reading some of the most hilarious zero-star reviews aloud to each other to fits of sleep-deprived laughter. I've kept up with his blog, where his thoughts on life or politics or art could be truly inspiring, 
and reveal more of a person than a film review ever could. There was his keen embracing of the internet and social media, and how willing he was to interact with people on his blog or on Twitter. Carol Borden from The Cultural Gutter called him one of the secret kings of the internet, along with George Takei and Will Wheaton, and there is a lot of truth to that. I think the reason I kept coming back to Ebert is his sincerity. There's no question that his love for the medium of film was the genuine article. And it was something he used to understand this world that we live in, rather than as a way to lord his expertise over others. His love for film and his inarguable deafness with the pen helped inspire the love of film in my family, gave us a forum to discuss film on a deeper level. And I can now see it is at least partially responsible for the passion that drives me each and every day to direct a film festival, to present at least two films publicly every month, to discuss films on this podcast, and really just live and breathe the world of film. And that is why my struggle to do Jess Franco justice when getting the news of Ebert's death was key to my understanding why my sadness over Ebert had enveloped me. My love for the work of Franco is at least partly informed by the passion that came from Roger Ebert. I understand now why his writing would inspire such ire in me sometimes. It's because I respected his opinions, and I so much wanted them to match mine, despite any anger I harbored toward the differing views I sometimes saw in his writing. Some small and now slightly embarrassed part of me wanted to have my feelings about some films vindicated by the words on the page of the Chicago Sun-Times. Considering that, it's no wonder I would feel nervous before heading to that website to see what he had to say about a particular title. Now that Roger Ebert has left us... I wonder who my mother will turn to, to help her sort out her feelings about movies. Will she be lost in the wilderness of her own conflicting feelings or interpretations? I guess time will tell. Whatever the case, it is certain that I owe a lot to this man who never knew who I was for his part in shaping who I have become. Despite his level of professionalism, one thing always shined through, and that was his honest-to-goodness love of a great moving picture. First and foremost, Ebert was a geek like the rest of us, and he will be missed. Stay tuned to upcoming episodes of Monster Island Resort, where I bring a little science into the monsterdom. I have some real sciencey guests coming up, including an expert on insects. Remember also to follow my banter on Twitter and join the conversation. My Twitter handle is at Monster Resort. Join us at Drive In Mob on Thursday nights, where a bunch of us get together and watch drive-in-style films and tweet them together with the hashtag DriveInMob. You can check out the website at driveinmob.com to see what we're going to watch. It's a lot of fun, and the more the merrier. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash monsterislandresort. And until the next episode, stay scared. (laughs) 